Yeah, it's so good. It's so bad that it's good. That is the wrong answer, actually. <laughs> it's just a wild romp. I am feeling this. Yeah, yeah, yeah! All of them! What are you talking yourself into? I've tried to talk myself into that. This is what this podcast is for. We're also trying to talk you into it. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends try to talk each other, and maybe even you, into liking what we like. This episode, it's Queer Eye. I'm Jeff, and I'm an unapologetic pizza snob. I'm Jimmy, and I saw SpongeBob SquarePants movie in theaters twice. (laughs) I'm Dan, and I once played Dungeons & Dragons for four days straight, only eating and sleeping when my character ate and slept. (laughs) Did you really? (laughs) When was that? Uh, right after high school. Yeah. That's cool. A group of friends stayed at one of our friend's house. His mom was out of town and we decided to play D&D. Throw a rager. We just didn't stop. We didn't stop. Wow. That's, that's pretty impressive. You know, Jim, I saw the SpongeBob movie in theaters too. Yeah. Once. (laughs) Cause, uh, I used to get into movies free back then. Oh yeah. But, uh, twice as impressive. Never seen it. Once was for a birthday party. What a cool birthday party. <laughs> the crazy part is, is it was for his 21st. He rented it out and specifically asked to bring back SpongeBob of 35 millimeter. Yeah. Yep. Please remember to leave us a review, a rating, an email, tweet at us, all those things that you'll hear at the end of the show. And we will read them on the air or the internet, whatever this is called. I mean, Wi-Fi through the air. Oh, it's over the air. 5G, cellular towers. Sure. So this is a little mini segment we do every week. It's called What We're Talking Ourselves Into. Can we talk you out of doing it that way (laughs) for the future? Like, I want want you to keep that because I want people to know what I had to hear. You're making the editing a lot harder. Yeah. A little bit. I'm telling you, you're making the editing a lot harder. Let Jimmy do Jimmy. Okay. So we're talking <laughs> ourselves into something little, something small, uh, nothing super crazy, something we're probably not going to be talking each other into. But this week, I was talking myself into buying a new camera, and I did it. It's right there. It's I'm right looking here. at it. Wow. Yeah. It, it was expensive, but I wanted it to... Uh, to be able to do more things like short films and uh, maybe even a feature-length film that I'm writing about. So, you could film a feature film on that? Hell yeah. Has it ever been done? I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, name, there's indie name movies. Name a movie that's been filmed. Oh, I don't know. Name it. He just puts you on the spot. <laughs> I don't know. Has it ever been done? Yeah, I'm sure. Name it. <laughs> like, didn't they make a couple movies on iPhones? Yeah, yeah. 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 Tangerine is a great movie yeah, shot on yeah. an iPhone. So, um... Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited. There's gonna be some some cool things being shot on that camera. It's I'm a, just saying that Dan named the movie shot on an iPhone. You I did. You can't name a movie shot <laughs> I on a camera. Actually, know another one too, but it's not the name's not coming to mind. Yeah, it's yeah, got yeah. Uh, Sarah Paulson in it, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. There's two, Jimmy. Name two. one. Name just half of one. You guys don't even know what camera this is. I don't, but you do. It's a Sony. Yeah, it's a Sony A7 III, which basically can film in the dark, which is awesome. And now that Jimmy said that, you should be getting a check from Sony, right? Yeah, so uh, Sony, you can send me at uh, 555 Fake Street uh, my my check. Uh, you, know really what's, nice. you know what's incredibly on brand for Jimmy? What's that? The first picture he took on it and posted online was a portrait of his cat. <laughs> I did see that. Yeah, I did. I was like, that's 90% of what that camera's going to be used for. Oh, no. Maybe. (laughs) Jeff, what are you talking yourself into this week? Okay, so I haven't started talking myself into this yet because I want assistance. (laughs) not doing it. I want assistance (laughs) from you guys and the listeners. I want to talk myself into olives. (laughs) Olives? I've never liked olives. 
not even black olives no like okay so that's not true i did like black olives <laughs> when, when i was child, like a baby and you put them on your you fingers, put them on like your fingers. Yeah, that's the yeah. best part like that's what you do when you're a kid you eat olives on your fingers and that's what happens when you, you grow up poor it's all you could afford to eat are just cans of black olives yeah maybe that's why i don't like them i've been but there. like i i don't hate them enough to where i'll take them out of nachos or off of like a pizza mm-hmm. if they're there but i'll never order them and there's so many different types of olives and i think that i should as somebody who enjoys cuisines of the world be more into olives than i am i feel you but i agree with you i am not i i'm not more into olives let me put it that way uh olives mixed in things are fine for me um there's a cuban dish that i'm going blank on that has ground beef and chopped up olives that's delicious it adds a nice level of brininess uh but to sit there and eat olives plain or in some sort of a dipping nature is not something mm-hmm. that I'm interested in. Well, I mean, in. every grocery store has an olive bar. Yes, they do. That means that it has to be there has to be enough people out there buying a variety of olives to sustain the olive bar's existence. It's funny that you bring that up because I have a theory on that. What's your theory? I feel that the reason that they're willing to relegate so much space to olives is because they can last for a long time. I don't think there's a lot of people buying those olives. Mm. I think those olives are in there since the first time you saw that olive bar. <laughs> so they're the same olives. I think people... There's a, there's a greater well, olive conspiracy. Out. Hear me out. Some people are buying the olives, but they're not turning that olive bar over on a daily basis. You don't think people are buying more olives than they need and maybe throwing some out at home? Because they're like, why did I buy a half a pound of olives? When all I needed was an eighth a pound no, of kalamatas. No, I will. I do think that those people are buying the olives and they're sitting in a small container in the back of their refrigerator for decades. Yes. <laughs> they, they don't last decades. No, but people think they last longer. They last long enough that you forget when they go bad by, like pickles. <laughs> no, that's true, I guess. Yeah. And then you eat them and they still taste like weird. So yeah. they're like, this is normal, but really like, bad. Oh, that's a strong olive. When in reality, that was a mild olive that had been gone bad quite <laughs> a long anyway, time ago. If any listener have just like something simple a simple like olive appetizer or d'oeuvre a preferred olive I don't want I don't want you to say black olives in a can or green olives with pimentos I don't want that give me a good olive recommendation maybe I'd have to like go searching for this olive I want an olive that will change my life oh picadillo picadillo (laughs) is the Cuban dish thank you Google um (laughs) It's a ground beef dish with minced up olives, uh, some raisins, some bell peppers. I like that Jeff's writing it down. I'm encouraged by that. (laughs) Yeah. Here's the best thing about it, Jeff. It's easy. You can make this at home with pretty much a lot of stuff from your pantry. You just pick up the olives. I just got to go to the olive bar. Yeah, sure. Why not? Is there a way to tell if you squeeze them? Like, is there a firmness you're looking for? As far as this recipe as or in general? As far as olives in general. Well, I don't, I don't well, want to buy old no olives. There's a not huge, an olive boy. There's a huge uh, variance of olives. Olive to olive, you're looking for different textures. You're looking for different levels of What the hell even is an olive? Like, where did they come from? I don't know. Branches. You give uh, them to each other. Oh, yeah, olive branches. That um, makes sense. Sidebar. In our family, Jimmy and I. Oh, everyone loves freaking olives. These huge, fat Italian green olives. Our family is like a certain percentage of Italian. Not a lot, no. surprisingly. But it seems to have passed down the female lineage of the family, the yeah. matriarchy. They think we're like 100% Italian. We're like 25. Yeah, but anyways, <laughs> they love these huge green fat olives that are imported from Italy to the point where Jimmy may not remember this because he was a small child. But when he was Jimmy the Tongue. Yes, when he was Jimmy the Tongue. <laughs> Uh, our uncle got married to a very nice woman who's been part of our family for decades now. She did not like olives. And there was a moment in the oh, wedding yeah. where, as a surprise to her, all my uncle's sisters, being my mom, Jimmy's mom, so on, yep. large family, they all gathered around my aunt with these green olives and forced her to eat one. And she <laughs> almost vomited on the dance floor. What a wedding. Yeah. That's our family, folks. Yeah, they like olives. Dan, what are you talking yourself into? I've been talking myself into the Beths. No, (laughs) not olives. Sorry. Um, A band called the Beths. They're from New Zealand. Okay. It's funny. When I jotted this down as an idea to cover on this episode, I was just barely talking myself into them. Now I am fully into the Beths. Wow. Wow. They are a power pop band from New Zealand, like I said. Uh, They're fairly new. They have an EP out called Blood from 2016, or the Blood EP. And they have a new album that came out recently. Oh, I misread it. (laughs) Warm Blood EP. I mean, I have to write these things down because on Spotify, you set it and you forget it. Like, set it and forget it. But now their new album is Future Me Hates Me. 
uh, came out this year. Same. It is so fun. It is uh, mm. super catchy and bouncy. It's power pop. Nice. It's a uh, female lead singer. She has a a voice, like a very sweet voice, kind of reminiscent of like Tori Amos. Mm. But imagine Tori Amos singing for like a bubblegum pop punk band, sort of. See, I found the opposite. I think that Future Me doesn't mind me, but Past Me hates Future Me. Because like high school <laughs> Jeff would look at like now Jeff and be like, you're a poser. You should <laughs> well, probably drive into a tree. I agree with you that past Jeff would hate current Jeff, but future Jeff doesn't exist because he's died of gout related <laughs> illnesses. Um, so you are future Jeff right now. Oh, wow. This is um, talk me into changing my diet. Yeah. But no, the Beths, they're super fun. I actually heard about them ironically on a segment sort of similar to ours on a podcast called Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR, they have a segment called Our Favorite Things of the Week or something like that. Mm -hmm. I don't remember. But uh, one of the hosts mentioned the Beths, and uh, it is joyful. It is just it is just a joyful noise. I'll give it a listen. Check it out. It's super fun, super catchy, and it's mm. easy to get into because they don't have a ton of music. Jimmy, you already said yours. Jeff, <laughs> you said yours. I said mine. You know what that means? Dan, when we come back, I'm going to be discussing Queer Eye and trying to talk Jimmy and Jeff into it. So check into that in three seconds. <laughs> So this episode, I decided to talk Jimmy and Jeff into a series that has not been in my life for a long time, but has brought me hours of joy, smiles, dare I say tears. Oh. oh. <laughs> it's a reality show, as they're much chagrined to say, <sighs> but it's more than that. It's Queer Eye on Netflix. It is a, a reboot of the 2003 series Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, uh, as Jeff commented off mic. They dropped it for the straight guy, and the reason is, it's no longer just for straight guys. Mm. The original series played up on the stereotypes that all gay men were proficient in fashion and mm -hmm. decorating and things like that. And to some extent, that is continued through here. But the focus is instead placed on the main hosts, who are furthermore known as the Fab Five. And <laughs> each of them has a skill... And instead of just saying, like, hey, all homosexuals are good at these things and they're going to tell straight men how to be better at dressing and decorating and cooking and so on and so forth. The new Queer Eye on Netflix says these five guys are experts, each in their own field. Yeah. And they're going to use their skills to try to make the lives of a lot of different types of people better. What mm -hmm. are the skills? Uh, let's have? get into it. Ooh. Anthony Porowski is the food and wine expert. Um, this, All right, I'm into that. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's not a huge segment of the episode, but there's always a little bit of time devoted. So to every it. episode, these five guys are bringing something. It's not like one episode is the food guy telling somebody no. how to cook. Or They are trying to do um, not just like makeovers, but they're basically trying to like improve all aspects of someone's life. Yeah. So basically an average Joe or Jill is nominated by a friend or family member mm -hmm. saying like, hey, this person's going through a hard time or this is a great person who doesn't take good care of themselves or, you know, this person's been in a rut. It could be anything. And um, when they're selected, the Fab Five, they sweep in, they sweep in out of nowhere. They come mm. in and they use their skills to try to improve all aspects of that person's lives and make them happier, basically. It's a, what's not to like? They're bringing joy, spreading cheer. If five strangers swept into your home because like- With an entire TV crew and a Netflix budget. Exactly. Yeah. Because like your sister and mom were like, Dan's great, but sometimes he forgets to vacuum. Like, <sighs> wouldn't you be like, get the hell out of here? Well, we're going to get into this, but basically there's always like a heart-wrenching moment. So it would be more along the lines of like- um, Full house. Jeff's a great guy. Thanks, man. But he's ruined himself with food and gout. <laughs> I, yeah, that's... 
And because of that, he dresses poorly. He lives in a poor environment. Let's see if we can make that better for him. That's the type I of situation. A, a good home. I agree, but I'm using an example. Well, I don't like the example. Let's say <laughs> if your wife left you, and because of your gout-ridden, horrible life, you just started keeping your apartment filthy. Dude, if she ever so leaves three me, years from now, it's <laughs> over. Like, well, I'm not a human anymore. She's the only thing that keeps me together. When the Fab Five sweep in because your mom has said Jeff's a great guy, but his wife left him, and his life is in shambles now. There's an episode. I'm getting sad. <laughs> so this is just an I example. I have a good marriage. Yeah, and you have a good life too. But that's the situation Thanks, that would happen. So, like I said, Anthony Porowski is the food and wine expert. He's going to teach you what types of foods could make you feel better. Sometimes people on there have had dietary restrictions and aren't following them. Mm. Yeah, I, I can't relate. He's to also going to tell you, like, hey, um, you're sitting around eating nothing but Doritos and Mountain Dew. Like, maybe you would enjoy like something else. Ninety percent of these people, olives, maybe. Yeah. 90% of these people have some food that they enjoy and they just don't think they can make it at home. And his job is to be like, hey, if you like Indian food, make Indian food. It's not oh, that I big of a deal. Oh, I do all the time. Yeah. Mm. Um, Tan France. I did not know his last name rhymed with his first name. Tan That's France? Funny. <laughs> he is the fashion expert. He's a funny dude. Uh, he comes in and he looks at you and decides like, hey, you know, I'm not going to change who you are. If you like wearing shirts that say I Pizza New Haven. I do. <laughs> You can keep that shirt. Enjoy it. But let's dress it up with a nice blazer over it. Oh. Let's put it with some nice pants that are crisp and have a nice cuff on them. These old navy blue jeans don't do it for you, Dan? I'm not tan. <laughs> I'm just telling you, like, giving you an example. So I'm that's what tan. That's what I'm Tan's going to do. Tan's going to tell you, like, hey, if you work on your appearance, maybe the world will see you different, and maybe mm. you'll feel a little bit better about yourself. Karamo Brown... This is the one that I have a little bit of a hard time with. He's the culture and lifestyle expert. Hmm. So he's supposed to go in there and, and tell you, like, mm, sort Don't of... play Magic the Gathering. <laughs> no, it's more like <laughs> pseudo-therapy. Like, oh, did you ever notice that you think of yourself this way and we can improve that? <clears throat> what I think his job really is is to bring the feels. Because he's the one that in the episodes that are tearjerkers, he's the one that's trying to get people to confront hard truths about themselves. Okay. Things like that. Um... He's hit or miss for me. Bobby Burke is the design expert. He is the one that really brings the shebang to the episode because he's the one. Okay, it's cool that you get to eat new food. You get to wear new clothes. You know, people think of that as the big deal. But what I think is the big deal is this dude comes in and basically makes over your whole house and does like a sick job. And it seems like money's no object. Hmm. So sure, they devote a lot of time each episode to like, cutesy like emotional stuff but also they like totally pimp your ride so to speak and then last but not least rounding out the fab five is everyone's favorite jonathan van ness of course johnny van ness not johnny it's always jonathan i've never (laughs) heard the name the grooming expert once you see him you'll recognize him because he's been in a ton of like i'm sure commercials and stuff he's the breakout star i don't watch tv though Okay. I don't watch cable. I, I, yeah. I don't watch commercials. You might recognize him. I'm he's, above them. He's been in like other pop culture things. He's a crossover star. He's like the super over-the-top flamboyant loud one who uh, has long straightened hair and sometimes a huge handlebar mustache. Oh, okay. I like him already. <laughs> and he sort of envisions himself as uh, a Beyonce type character in the world. Okay. He's living his best life all the time and encouraging you to do yours by applying more lotion and treating your hair and facial hair better. I just got corn husker lotion because I have this dry knuckle. It, like, <laughs> it won't stop being dry and it like snags in clothing and blankets. Well, that's what you need to tell Jonathan when he comes yeah. to your you house. You know what? My, I'm having the same problem right now. I, I haven't tried it yet. My <laughs> wife just bought it, but I was like, oh, it looks weird and like old timey, so it probably works. I don't know. <laughs> well, he's there to tell you that if you take care of your skin and your hair, and Jeff, you'll appreciate this. He's not into, like you would think in the original series, anytime someone had some facial hair, they lopped it off. Well, I've never seen the original series, but that time, beards were not in, beards are in. Yeah, so he's about keeping your beard maintained and stylized and healthy. Yeah, dude, I condition it. I'm all about that. I shampoo it, I oil it, I'm on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's it's jubilant. It's a really (laughs) joyful episode. (laughs) Well, I'm still- series. I'm going into it with an open mind because that's what this podcast was designed to do. Mm-hmm. 
I'm still not excited. It's still a reality show, and I hate those all the time. Well, just watch it for the joy. And one other thing I want to add that's kind of cool is the original series took place primarily, I believe, in New York City. If it wasn't solely New York City, it was major metropolitan areas. Yeah. This series, they made the smart decision to set it in the Deep South, primarily... (laughs) Georgia and the surroundings, uh, Atlanta, Georgia, and the surrounding suburbs. This yeah. sounds like a Viceland show, just yeah, but <laughs> going um, to extremes. They're not going to like hateful people's houses. They're going oh, to okay. people who are accepting, but it is a culture clash. They're dealing with a lot of like ex-military guys. There's some, oh, interesting. There's a really interesting episode where they work with a uh, a police officer. It's good. Uh, like I said, it's about a 95-5 split. 95% is just fun, dumb. You could sort of watch it and laugh along. Then 5%, they like tackle some uh, issues. Huh. Well, I think we're going to conclude this segment, and uh, I think we're going to watch some Queer Eye, Jeff. All right. So uh, when we come back, we Jeff and I will let you know if Dan talked us into Queer Eye. Yeah, so watch along with us. Season 1, Episodes 1 to 4 of Queer Eye on Netflix, and we will be spoiling it entirely when we come back. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into. Before the break, I was attempting to talk Jeff and Jimmy into Queer Eye, the Netflix series. So it's been a couple weeks. You guys have had the opportunity to watch Episodes 1 through 4. Yes. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's hear what you thought. All right. Um, so we start off with the episode, You Can't Fix Ugly. And um, so in the very beginning, I, I like that it felt a little bit more like a documentary than a um, a reality TV show. Mm. Um, I noticed that it's it shot in 24 frames per second instead of 30, which is a little little thing that I noticed. because oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. So <coughs> Nerd. It's, a, it's a little bit more cinematic than a, a typical TV show. It is very cinematic. Um, my first impression is, why does the groomer have the worst hair? Well, he has the best hair. Well, because uh, he can't groom himself. I don't know about that. Somebody was, else has to cut his hair for him. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know, Jeff, what, what were your some impressions of the first episode? So going into it, I want to hate it <laughs> yeah. because I don't want to like it at all. So I was writing notes a lot in the first episode. Yeah. Writing down everything I hated. <laughs> oh boy. So I just wrote, well, well oh. let, let's pause for a second. Why do you want to hate it? Because, because it's reality. Yes, because, because I don't appreciate makeovers. Both. <laughs> See, Both. but so this is, this was in my subconscious because I want to, I want to go into everything with an open mind, but oh, I, you sound like it. I know I want to, but my brain is like, you're going to hate this yeah. even though I'm watching it. So I put a lot of notes. My first notes were opening credits, hate the song, hate how happy they are. Cause I just didn't like, cause they didn't introduce the the hosts. So you, you have no connection to them. And I was like, they're just four happy people and they're way too happy. Mm. Five. Five, yeah. Fab five. Uh, no, just for the background for the listener, um, Jeff and I come from a quote-unquote punk rock aesthetic <laughs> where we were not really caring about the way we looked or the way we decorated our houses or anything. But you have to admit, I mean, this is an unspoken thin thing, but we've matured as we've grown older. And I'm looking at you now. Have we matured or have we sold out? Oh, who, there's no <laughs> such, it's 2019. There's no such thing as selling out All anymore. Right. You've got product in your hair. You've got a nice fitted shirt on. And I'm assuming you have funny socks. There are astronauts, stars, and moons on my socks. Yes. Yeah. So so you do care about aesthetics to an extent. Yeah. By the way, Dan is currently wearing a sweater with a very nice button down on underneath. It's a very well. nice button down. You Thank wore you. A, a fitted cap with matching colors yeah, as well. I care yeah. about aesthetics. I'm a 31-year-old man, and this is where we're at in our lives. So we watch <laughs> Queer Eye. <laughs> So, so sorry to interrupt you. So go back. So you were thinking that you weren't crazy about the opening credits. Right. And I was like, this is not for me. This is just too happy and too fake reality. Um, So those are my, those are my opening thoughts, like start of the episode. Yeah. I I wasn't feeling that. I went into it with a little bit more of an open mind. I mean, um, people may know I I do watch TV for a living, so (laughs) I have to watch a lot of really bad reality TV shows. 
You um, should explain that a little bit. You don't have to get into specifics, but you're yeah. basically looking for any errors before things yeah, yeah, yeah. air on television. Yes, yes. Um, uh, for I can't talk about the specific networks, but yes, I, I do have to watch a lot of things to make sure it doesn't look bad. So you're exposed to all manner of television. Yes, yes, yes. <clears throat> um, so I, I liked it a little bit better than the, the typical stuff that I would have to normally watch. Um, I thought the as soon as they got into the the guy's house, it was just like raiding it, and I was like, that was pretty funny. Oh um, yeah, the way they just like attack his yeah, house and start yeah. pulling out clothes and stuff. Um, I LOL'd at the redneck margarita, and the guy <laughs> said that was gross AF. Yeah, so this guy, these are all like gay dudes from New York City. From uh, I don't South? know where they're from. I think they're from all over. Okay, but this guy is like tan is Welsh. Oh, that's true. Yeah. This guy's from mm-hmm. Kentucky. So he's from what most would call the Deep South. Yeah. Is he from Kentucky? The episode takes place outside of. Yeah, they're it, all in Georgia. Georgia. It does, but it says that he's from Kentucky. Oh, there you oh, go. Okay. I wrote it down. Okay. In oh, the notes. Nice. I have a note about him too, but you continue. Uh, Yeah. And he's just this. He's uh, he's in his 50s. Got some lousy style. Lives alone. Three-time divorcee. Yeah. So he, uh, he oh, might yeah. need some help with his life. I wrote down, this could be an old man Jeff in an alternate universe. <laughs> Because the beard, the rosacea cheeks. Well, so he, is, true. he is lupus. It's a different true. kind of red. But <laughs> you've got universe. the rosy cheeks. Yeah, that's true. This is Elseworlds, Chef. And I could totally picture you just like living in a place like that. Like, yeah, and they like they met him at a car show, and I was like, "This is so manly and yeah. so like so macho." Mm-hmm. They they met him at the Romeo's breakfast. Oh, that's oh, right. Oh yeah. yeah, what did that stand for again? I, I don't, don't retired old, old men, men eating, eating out. out I yeah. think out. which yeah. is kind of humorous. Yeah. I thought that was fine. Um, overall, as we were getting into the episode, I, I thought it was kind of a good way to address some gay stereotypes. And um, uh, somebody said, I don't remember who, but the last show is for tolerance. This one is for acceptance. Yeah. And I, I kind of like that statement. Yeah. Um, and, and there's that moment in the car ride where Tom is asking, um, uh, I forget which host he's asking, but he says, uh, oh, he's asking Bobby. Because he's married. He's asking which of them is the husband and which is the oh, wife. Oh, yeah, yeah. And there's a moment like, um, that's not really a thing. Yeah. I probably yeah. like that part the most yeah. the, up until mm-hmm. this point in the episode because it actually addresses stuff. Yeah. And yeah. talks about things. I think that's when I wrote that. Rather than just like throwing his shirts out of the closet. Yeah. And um, I was liking that it literally covers like every aspect of this person's life. Like there's food, there's fashion, there's your house living. Mm-hmm. Um, what were the other two ones? And Co- Lifestyle. Uh, Karamo is basically dealing with his relationship with his ex. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So for the first like half of the episode, I was just like, these guys are so loud and over the top. <laughs> and you know, they're playing for the camera. It's a TV show. You're yeah. not just going to go in there and be boring. That didn't bother me as much as I thought it did. It didn't bother me, but I was just like, eh, I'm yeah. not really into this. And then they st- he started talking about his ex-wife. Mm-hmm. He's talking at my heartstrings. I told yeah. you. Yeah. Because it was, uh, I'm a sucker for a good love story and- that's why I think this is a great first episode because Tom doesn't seem the the hero, quote unquote. Tom doesn't seem like he's just playing along like to get free stuff. Mm-hmm. This dude is in it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, he's committed. And he's like trying what they say. He's going for it. He's also being honest with things he doesn't like. Like I like the moment where they try on hats and the flat oh, yeah. cap. He's like, yeah, I could I could see myself wearing this. And then he's like, I want you to try this one on. And it's like he's like, no, <laughs> yeah. It's like a uh, fedora type thing. And he's yeah. like, no, that's that's not going to happen. <laughs> well, yeah, he's, he is honest, too, because he's not. People would think that because he's from the South and he looks like how he looks, he'd be mm-hmm. like homophobic. Yeah. But he's just ignorant. He just doesn't know. He's yeah. Yeah, exposed yeah. to the stuff and he's asking honest questions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Overall, I uh, I would probably say that the, the first episode had pretty much everything I expected. Had some lulls. It had some eccentric gay men feels some tips to better improve my life it also had beard health in there which, did, which yeah. is a recurring thing that was nice yeah i knew I've, you were gonna feel for that i love the moment yeah. when they're cutting his beard and um uh jonathan is trying to describe what he's going for and tom's like ulysses s grant and he's like yes honey i'm feeling <laughs> all the U- ulysses s grant looks yeah that was good um yeah i like the i like the first episode it, it, it at first i was a little timid and then it grew on me yeah as, this, this as episode for me it had some highs and lows and no middle ground yeah. either i just wasn't digging it or mm. i was super into it yeah did you like the ending when they basically had the date 
That was very touching. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. yeah. So one I did thing- like that. But I want to know more of the backstory. Like, I wish the next episode was like a flashback. Like, how is this <laughs> your third wife? Why did you divorce? Why have you still talked this entire time? And why are you still in love with each other? Yeah. Yeah. Is it because she just wanted a freaking chair? <laughs> is that all she wanted? Just a second chair? They threw out his chair that he oh, loved yeah, so that's much. Right. That was that I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of reasons, but one of them seems to be that he was like sort of letting himself go. He was in a he was yeah. in a hole. But uh one thing I did during my rewatch, because I just wanted to give you guys a little bit of extra content, is like in general, one thing I've learned from enjoying the show is that unlike a lot of makeover shows, the heroes on Queer Eye have a really high rate of sticking to their makeovers. Oh, that's cool. And it makes me feel a little bit more like the episodes are real. Do they do follow-ups? So there's some follow-ups online, and I did uh. chart them for these four episodes. Uh, you know, there's not a ton of information. These people are living private lives. But what mm-hmm. I can tell you is that Abby and Tom recently remarried and oh, Tom God, is God. keeping up with his makeover. There's been several pictures. That's of great. People like just it's seeing so, him out and so about. touching. And yeah, he's that's cool. rocking the clothes and he's out with Abby. They just went on a honeymoon. He talked her into remarriage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's a thing. So uh, what do you guys think of the second episode? Saving, Saving Sasquatch. Sasquatch. Uh... I couldn't get a feel on this guy at first because I couldn't tell if he was a total douche or just masking everything wrong with him with humor like yeah. a lot of us do. I think like that's yeah. lived my yeah, entire yeah. life. And you come to find out that's exactly what he's doing. I wrote down, yeah. this is also an alternate universe version of Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I felt for this guy kind of like masking himself uh, with humor. I, I liked as soon as... um, well, um somebody came up to him and was like trying to hug him and he was uh what did i write down um oh they pick up on things easily uh you don't take compliments well yeah. stuff like that i mean let's be honest there's a there's a lot of us i mean jeff's married now so that's great but i'm sure <laughs> at one point in his life he was this guy i feel like i've been this guy at points oh, oh yeah, yeah me sure me Th- too things aren't going great and uh you feel like you're having trouble out there in the world meeting people so you just pull yourself in and put up a wall um, I do like how the, the first episode was touching on cultural differences, kind of like a North versus South thing. Yeah. And this is a totally different culture. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. You know, it's he, like he's part culture. of like, you know, the the Western world now, but he still has those Indian roots. Yeah. And his family is still rooted to those cultural differences. Yeah, and he's yeah. trying to, to please both sides. Yeah. The um, the part where he's in his closet with Tan. And Tan finds the dowry suitcase and discusses what it's like to have like an overbearing Indian mother and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, that that was that was really cool. I thought I wrote down uh, his quote was all these American guys with plaid. I LOL'd at that. Oh, Tan, yeah, yeah. He's like every American closet I go into has nothing but plaid. I also wrote down this dude has an awesome place that I want to live there. Yeah, I was gonna say like the yeah. apartment was dope. Yeah, he's, he's really in nice. tech. He's in the tech industry. He must make yeah. some decent money. Yeah. Um, I thought this was um, maybe the most impressive physical transformation. By yeah. The, yeah. By the time he, they it cut was. down his beard and hair. and, mm. and It was just beard and, and hair, really. Uh, they gave him a lot better clothes, too. He's wearing, like, slouchy old gray stuff. Yeah. He said something about how um, Steve Jobs wore the same thing every day or something like that. Yeah. Um, but by the end, he's just, like, totally breaking down. And he's just telling everybody... All of his personal problems. Yeah. 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 And then at the end of every episode, they, uh, the Fab Five head back to their loft. Yeah. Their cave, their bat cave. <laughs> and, uh, they watch what they've done on the yeah. screen. So he had a party for a, an mm-hmm. app he was launching. And, you know, he was, he was affable and all of his, his family and friends were meeting and those worlds have never collided and he seemed very happy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what'd you guys think of this episode? I felt overall, it kind of felt more of the same. Uh, I wasn't... I mean, it's, it's yeah, the same show. It's a formula. Yeah. yeah. I I was hoping for maybe a little bit... Yeah. I don't know. Uh, just maybe just reality TV in general. I was like, yeah, it was the same thing. There wasn't really anything that felt super different from the first episode. My one takeaway is I need a beard brush because that was kind of cool. Um, yeah, I got some. They're pretty cool. Yeah. Um, you got to maintain that beard, Jimmy. Jimmy. Let's pause this talk real quick. Yeah. What do you do for beard maintenance? What do I do for beard maintenance? Um, I trim it every couple weeks, I would say. Okay. Um, I know uh, 
I think this was in the beginning of uh, the other episode, but I said I was going to grow my beard out. I didn't do that. <laughs> um, so it is what it is. But um, I shampoo it at least at least every couple of days. Okay, that's that's good. You're not supposed to do it every day. You'll get yeah, no, natural I, oils. I don't. I don't do it every day. Um, every couple of days, I said. Are you moisturizing any? Moisturizing any? Do you like oils? my skin? No, or my beard. I'm quoting Jonathan. Are you moisturizing any? <laughs> Um, I do have beard oil. I don't use it a lot. Mm, Got to use it because yeah. I thought it was just one of those hip things that you put oil in. Yeah, but it keeps the skin underneath your beard very. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, supple. yeah, it stops from because I, I was flaking and it really <laughs> you gotta you have to maintain yeah, the beard. Yeah, yeah, and you have to use a wood comb or else the plastic could pull the little hairs out. Oh, yeah, it's oh. a lot of stuff you have to do. We're learning a lot today, guys. We are. We are. Um, I thought, I thought that it has such touching parts and really emotional <laughs> parts but like there's a lot of stuff i don't care about in between mm-hmm. so but like when those parts hit like at the end when he's he's like talking to them about how they changed them and he's like gonna try to be better i was like this is so damn touching it's interesting because i thought you were gonna just see that as like schlock and like over the top i you thought you would tell actually when like it's the real, funnier though. parts better no like he was actually funny i did laugh at a lot of things he was saying like as yeah. a person I forgot his name. I just Neil. He, but I just funny. laughed every time they tried to hug him, and he was like, eh. "Yeah, that was funny." Yeah, because it was he was mad awkward, and that's yeah. like it's really funny mm-hmm. to me. As the show was going on, I was more interested in the tips and tricks than the schlock. Yeah, um, I, I thought some of it was like a little heartwarming, like especially in the first episode. But for this one, I wasn't like feeling the feels. I would say no. Um, I thought it was a, fine. What about but... his adorable dog? They should have threw him off the freaking roof. (laughs) Jeff's not a dog person. Yeah. Um, I also wrote down, ugh, mayo and grilled cheese. No, you got it. You wouldn't notice. Uh, It's going to melt in and just give some moisture. I don't like mayo. Um, I think that, speaking of tips and tricks, this may be the first episode of The French Tuck. I don't know if they've named it yet, but the reoccurring theme is. is... Tan is a big fan of tucking your shirt in lightly in the front. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. leaving it sort of open on the sides and back. It's just yeah. like a running kind of joke for fans of the show that he basically tells that to everyone like it's the greatest idea <laughs> ever. Yeah, I thought that was fine. I was like, that's a little weird, but sure. So you guys want to hear the follow up on Neil? Yeah, let's sure. Do it. Neil is one of their most successful makeovers. Wow. Oh. He's sticking to it like more than anyone. Oh, that's good. He's been interviewed several times since the season first season aired. And I wrote down a couple quick quotes. Uh, in, in Men's Health, he wrote, I feel fully confident in business meetings and I'm way more engaged. And in Radio Times, he wrote, I thought things were going to end once the cameras weren't filming, but all of them reached out initially before I reached out to them. So he's on like a regular conversation with them like he's texting back and forth with the fab five on a regular basis he said he went on to say like he'll message jonathan about beard oil or like text a picture of a shirt to tan and get his opinion on it and stuff yeah it's cool he's keeping up with them and it's cool that they do that too yeah yeah they could be all hollywood and just not respond yeah exactly um there's also his instagram account is pretty funny i saw some pictures from that online and he does, you're going to love this one, Jeff. Can't wait. He does dog owner cosplay. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> so I saw a picture of him dressed as Aladdin and his dog dressed as Jasmine at a Comic-Con. Mm, I would have gone with like the little <laughs> monkey guy. Or the, or the tiger. tiger. Yeah. Or yeah. the genie. Ra- Raj was the tiger? I don't know. Raja? I think so, yeah. I haven't seen that movie in a hot minute. Um, Let's go on All to right. the next episode. Episode three. Dig it, don't. don't. With Corey. Now, this one was, uh, I thought, was the biggest cultural difference. Yeah. With uh, Make America Great Again. This is where we thought we were going with this series. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I thought it was going to be. And when uh, the nom- the Corey's nominator, uh, mm-hmm. they, they had a prank where they pulled him over. Yeah. And I did not like that at all. I hated this episode. The whole episode? I hated the well, whole well, this episode. Part I, so, so the Fab Five's Ugh. driving to uh, their makeover guy, and they get pulled over. Yeah. And Karamo, an African-American gentleman, was driving. And the cop was being a real D-bag to him. Mm-hmm. And like they're clearly shaking. It's not like set up. And like right. Karamo's sweating because he's in the South, and he's black, and he got pulled over. 
And then they're like, oh, I'm Corey's friend. Ha ha ha. Got you. And like, you could tell that he didn't like that. And I don't like that either. That's not funny to me. That's like a huge thing. And they're taking it lightly. Well, I don't know if it was intended to be. I, that it way. probably wasn't, but, but that's how it came off to them. In the end, it's kind of a good thing because it festered and it got brought up later in the episode. Uh, it, it's that's the the entire episode to me was that because there was resolution. There was a drive back from Atlanta that would just uh, Karamo and uh, Corey, Corey about that, and they talked about it. They talked about Black Lives Matter. They talked about both being on both sides. Yeah, and you know the the Corey who's a cop, he uh, he was open-minded about it and he wanted to know things and he wanted to tell things and you know they talked about it and later in the episode Karamo even says like he wasn't feeling it he didn't like him when as soon as that happened it like totally shut him off yeah and I thought it was good because then you see through this episode that they're just people and they're 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 the same yeah yeah I I just wasn't feeling it I'm so tired of the whole this whole message that's been everywhere lately um, I think I get a lot of it because I do have to watch a lot of shows like this for work. Not like this, but uh, while I'm Blue Lives stuff, Matter, Jim. Yes, I, I do have to watch a lot of that. The um, only thing I'll say, and I agree with you, but to the general audience that's going to watch Queer Eye, they might not be exposed to this issue as much. Yeah. My, my mom loves Queer Eye, and she thought this was a really important episode. Yeah. I, I what, thought, how, how many people, though, that need to hear this message are going to watch it? Hmm. Sorry, I'm drinking water. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, Netflix doesn't release their numbers, but I imagine just from social media that this is a pretty big show. Yeah, but how many people that go to NASCAR and dress up like superheroes that they create or whatever, like how many people are going to be watching it? I don't think you can say. I think that's kind of the point of this whole mm. show. You can't make that judgment. Mm. Yeah. Uh, these people, you would never have expected to be volunteers on Queer Eye, and they, that's true. they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just wasn't feeling it. I, I didn't like the whole uh, Black Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter message. Um, I, I I like the statement and I like the sentiment, but I didn't think it belonged. Mm. Mm. I think it belongs. You I mean, think that's yeah. the whole point of the show. We don't fighting have, for acceptance. We don't have to segment our lives, Jimmy. Yeah. Um, I wrote down that sometimes it's hard to tell if Corey is a good guy who has questionable taste in sports or and politics, or if he's sort of a bad guy who's trying to cover up. Yeah, it's hard things. to tell because if you own a MAGA hat, you're a certain type of person. Yeah. You're not just like, you're not just, you know, going I, along I, for the I'm ride. I'm a lifelong Republican and I'm yeah. like, mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a conserv- fiscal conservative. You're like, like, I'm down with this. Yeah. You're like, I came to say things that I believe <laughs> deep inside. Yeah. So sometimes the only thing I'll say, um, to def- not defend him, but in support of him being a good guy with bad politics, his friends seem like pretty good guys. When they show up at the end in the loft, mm-hmm. and the guy wearing the pineapple armor and mohawk was like crying, watching Corey and his family. Well, that's the whole point of this message. And the message in the car, Jim, is that even like those guys could be total d bags in on the total opposite political spectrum of us, but they're still people who have feelings and families mm-hmm. and they care about things, but that we just might not agree with them. Yeah. yeah. So as you guys know, and the listeners will find out I'm an emotional fella when it comes to watching TV and movies. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when I was watching these the first time I felt feels, but this episode actually elicited, elicited a single tear, <laughs> the a, blanket, an actual cry. It was the blanket. Yeah. That was, uh, that was emotional. Yeah, that was cool. I was very choked up with that. Physically. If you don't think that the quilt made from Corey's father's clothes is the sweetest thing on earth, then you are an absolute monster. It was very, very emotional. I wish I had done that with some of my family members who passed away. It was a good idea. Yeah, that is good. But uh, I thought that was the best part of the episode. Yeah. So uh, you guys want to hear the follow up on Corey? Well, sure. not yet. Okay. Uh, you got more thoughts? Yeah, I like the part with uh, Anthony when he was teaching him how to make like food. Yeah, the grapefruit and avocado. I would make that a follow up. <laughs> I made it last night. Did you? I did. How did it come <laughs> out? It was it was decent. I uh, it wasn't like the best. Mm. Uh, my knife skills aren't really anything to talk about, but it was good. You wouldn't think that it would go good together, and uh, it went it was it was decent. 
I'm not a huge uh, grapefruit guy, but it could it be worked. good when it's combined. It worked. I thought it was funny. This is episode three, and there are already two recipes with avocados. And I was like, oh, boy. It's very so trendy. Yeah. No avocados. I don't know if I would make Anthony's guacamole with Greek yogurt, though. Not, nah, not no, feeling that. I wouldn't that. do that. But the, uh, the avocado grapefruit salad. That, yeah. It, yeah, was, that it, it was a light, refreshing appetizer. Guacamole with Greek yogurt is some white people shit. For real. <laughs> that is. That is. Uh, let's hear the follow-up on... Make America Great Again. So <laughs> Karama was interviewed and he said that uh, this episode was one of the most dynamic changes I've ever seen next to Neil. And that Corey texts me photos of him doing the hair routine that Jonathan taught him. He's now an activist. His job and his position as a police officer is changing. He's extremely involved now. Every time he does something that he used to not do, like comfort someone who had a negative point of view or ignorant point of view... He texts me like a proud kid saying, look, I just did it. It's pretty phenomenal to see that type of change because that's so impactful for our country. To me, this is that type of change because, wait, to me, this is what our show is all about. So, yeah, he's following up not just on his makeover, which, you know, Karamo talked about, but he's also trying to make positive changes in his community and his involvement with police force. So... We'll see who he votes for during the re-election. That's good. It'll definitely be uh, whoever the Republican is. Probably. Probably. But hey, it's the little things in life. It is. Yeah. That's what matters. So this last episode, before I picked which episodes I wanted to have you guys watch, I didn't remember the order or the numbers, but I knew that this is one of them that I wanted you guys to see, to gay or not to gay, Mm -hmm. or not too gay, because um, this is one that is outside the standard format of gay guys helping a straight guy. Mm -hmm. So what did you guys think of AJ and his transformation? Well, the point of this episode was that AJ is a closeted gay man and he was planning on coming out to his stepmother after his father died because it was a regret, a regret of his that he didn't get to come out. Mm -hmm. And you know, he was, he has, he also has an awesome apartment. Which yeah, I really awesome yeah. apartment. I wrote down like, the same thing. I, he's an engineer, so like he makes money. But damn, that is. Uh... <laughs> I I literally wrote down. I wish I was rich with all these nice ass apartments. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, uh. I literally wrote down pretty much everything Jeff said. I said it's cool to branching off from the street guys, and uh, I like the idea of helping a sort of closeted man try and figure himself out. This one felt more of an emotional transformation than a physical makeover. Yeah, yeah. His apartment did come out awesome, and I think right. they cleaned he, up his look a little and he bit. He was but, a well put together guy, but he said he didn't want to like actually dress how he wanted because he thought people would think he's gay. Right. He was worried about coming off too quote unquote feminine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of that in the whole episode, and they like clean up his apartment. They make it look even doper than it already was. Yeah. yeah. And they gave him a new wardrobe. And I think the, the honestly, the only thing talk. Well, I also wrote down, uh, they were trying to get him like come out of a shell and like take risks. And they mm-hmm. went zip lining. Mm-hmm. And that's big no for me, dog. Cause I tried <laughs> to do that once at a work event. And they were like, you know, these like high school volunteers working there. Like, if you need any help, let us know. We'll come and get you. I got halfway through and like my fear of heights just stopped me. And I was like, I need help. And they're like, all right, I gotta walk backwards. I was like, but that's more difficult because it's designed to walk forward. It yeah. was. That was just a big no. Blindfolding him and then just jumping (laughs) off a tree. Nah. Yeah. Not for me. Yeah. Overall, I I really like this episode. I I like the idea of kind of like these guys helping them out, trying to be more open about his sexuality and his personality. Yeah. um, You want to talk about feels. I cried like a baby through the end of this one. The way way that it came out to his was he read a note he wrote to his dad that he never got to give to his dad. And I was crying. I told you, Multiple Jeff. Multiple tears. <laughs> it's touching. And then it she was, accepts him. I cried quite a bit. Yeah, I like that a And lot. then when I thought it was over, there was more. Because she just like hugged him. And I was like, this isn't... I can't do this right now. <laughs> yeah. This is too much for you. And then me. they go back out. And she meets his partner. And they're like talking and dancing and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man. This is what life should be. <laughs> <laughs> I like the, uh, the tip of... Um, Put your finger on your Adam's apple for getting a uh, nice clean line. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's, a, that's another tip too. Yeah, I didn't know that. I beer like, tips. Oh, there you go. Jimmy, um, Jimmy's ready to watch all the episodes of Queer Eye for just the beer tips. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. We'll see. Um, and then I also just said, I get it. I got to work out because this dude was like super ripped. Oh, I know. And, and like, like you couldn't oh, tell from the clothes. Yeah, he was wearing yeah. baggy clothes. 
there was also some really funny stuff in, in there with them like talking about some of the lesser talked about aspects of gay culture mm-hmm. the harnesses and the swings and stuff i yeah. was like this is funny yeah when, when maybe uh, he just had the swing to like push his niece in like you know yeah, maybe when you tan when tan was wearing the harness that was funny Karama was like dragging him around by <laughs> it and he's like oh i get this now <laughs> yeah that was good it was great i like that yeah overall i thought this was my favorite episode yeah how about you jeff that yeah, was good i mean i i physically cried <laughs> was your wife in the house when that happened no she was working it would have been cool if you were at work watching it on your phone crying in your break break room <laughs> Um, so the follow up on this one, uh, there's not a lot. AJ is not really on social media. Okay. Uh, what I do know is that he and his partner are recently engaged and AJ by his own confession is living a more open life with his friends and coworkers. Oh my God, that just gave me tingles. I'm so happy for that guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like that. So you want to go over, uh, overall thoughts? Yeah. Uh, Jeff, I'll let you go first. All right. So as for a uh, reality show, I think that. Netflix was better suited for this mm-hmm. just because other reality shows, they, they want to hook you and they go to commercials and you see the same stuff yep. over and over again. I just think Netflix is better for any shows, but I think especially for this, I would have been like done half an episode through just the way that cable TV shows and reality shows are presented. So I think that the format is good. Um, did you get, sorry to interrupt you, but speaking to the Netflix thing, did you guys get a sense that there's like an unlimited budget on this show? Yeah. Yeah. They, they were doing like, you didn't even get to some of the, well, I mean stuff, like, but. because they obviously spend days redoing these people's apartments. Yeah. But we just see it like that. Mm-hmm. But not only that, but like later on they're redoing like huge, like church meeting halls for people, wow, things that geez. are like tangentially connected to the makeover person. It's probably still nothing compared to like the budgets that they pay for scripted TV. Well, and salaries. Too. Yeah. But they're also mm-hmm. just big doing names. like big screen TVs and nice sound systems in some places, but yeah. And, um, I thought that the few moments that they did have the, like the touching moments and really heartfelt moments mm-hmm. were super powerful. Yeah. It wasn't just like, Oh, you're going to have a good day. It was very emotional on a personal level. And I obviously it's because of the show happening, but I think that also has to do with editing and just they let things play out. Yeah. I I think that the hosts, um, the Fab Five are more authentic and engaged than other like makeover shows that I've Mm -hmm. seen. I think so too. But on, on the other side, I think that you don't really get to know the hosts. You, you like other shows, even if I don't like the reality shows, you kind of get to know more of them. Mm. Maybe I didn't get enough in four episodes because there's yeah, five people. That's the situation because there's actually like, you know how the Corey episode had a lot to do with Karamo? Yeah. there There's a lot sort of like that, um, like that they get into like Bobby, the, the home design guy. He comes from a religious background. So they do an episode involving a church and that mm. plays heavily into his background and what his experiences are. Makes sense. I also think that there's not enough of the renovations like we just said. The homes? Yeah, because it would be kind of cool to see. Like they show before and afters, but. Yeah, I'm a sucker for home shows. Yeah. I would love I'm, to see. I'm not, but like since it's part of this show, I yeah. think they should explore it more. Yeah. Yeah, I think it takes focus sometimes, but I will agree with you that one of my complaints about the series is not enough of the actual labor right but uh i think this is like when i started watching this show the one of the things i latched onto was that it's like the perfect show to combat combat like trump era depression (laughs) it's very positive i i have problems with trump era depression (laughs) and there's so much joy and so much inclusion in this that when i'm like down on the news i'll just flip on an episode of queer eye and just Mm. smile i can see that um, I'm going to get to my overall thoughts. Um, I like the fact that it was shot more like a documentary than a reality TV show. Like I said before, it's shot in 24 frames rather than 30. Um, I like everyone in the Fab Five. I want to be friends with all of them. Yeah. I like them all a lot. Um, it had some tips and tricks that I can bring into my life that could really help. I thought Beards. that was pretty nice. That's it, dude. A lot of beard stuff. I really like that. Ulysses S. Grant that. <laughs> and even like the the things with like skinny jeans and stuff like that. Like skinny jeans aren't necessarily for super skinny people. It's it's to cuff your, or not cuff, but like it yeah. fits your legs better. So that has changed my life, to be honest with you, because I'm <laughs> a bigger guy and I yeah. would immediately walk past all the skinny or yeah, slim, yeah, slim fit pants because yeah. I'm like, I'm not skinny or slim. Yeah. But now 
I'm buying slim fit pants. Skinny oh. is a little too skinny still. Yeah, yeah. But they fit your leg. I was wearing these like bell bottom pants for yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. So it's awesome. Yeah. So I like that idea. Um, it had some heartwarming moments that make the show worthwhile. Um, uh, but now I'm getting a little bit of cons. Um, yeah. Every episode. Let is- it out. Basically the same one. Uh, one episode you basically seen all the other episodes. I mean, it's it's. I don't necessarily agree with that now. I don't think. But AJ um, Jimmy. But what maybe about AJ? maybe there will be an episode where somebody doesn't change. You don't know. That's also possible. Mm. Mm. And there's also female makeovers. Mm-hmm. Oh, trans women. Wow. Yeah. There are organizations that are made over. Whoa. Okay. 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 There are ideas that are changed. (laughs) I'll keep that in mind. They're changing hearts and minds. I'll keep that idea in mind when I'm making my declaration. Um, I I just didn't care for the Black Lives Matter versus Blue Lives Matter message. Uh, I I literally wrote down full house message. I felt it was a little too ham-fisted. That was just my personal opinion. Make Jimmy great again. (laughs) Jeez. Uh, when it comes down to it, it, it is a reality TV show. Um, just in my life, I, I don't know if I have enough time for a reality uh, television show. Um, and uh, actually made a little suggestion for the show that they'll never take. Um, I think I'd rather watch two two-hour-long episode transformations than four hour-long episodes. You'd like, want to see two hours of like... Of a Gale? full transformation? I don't know. That's a lot because even at 45 minutes or like an hour or whatever they were, mm-hmm. it's still a lot. Like there's some good stuff in there, but there's a lot where they're just. I don't know. I, maybe I don't I'm care. just more of a. I like to see. I don't know. That's that's just my personal. Okay. Well, but. it's wrong. <laughs> it's wrong. Um, so I yeah. think um, I kind of feel you about the homes not being covered enough. And sometimes the food gets shortchanged a lot, too. I will tell you that the focus of what they're making over does shift from subject to subject as needed. So certain things are more heavy on one or the other. I'm sure a lot of it has to do with editing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause obviously they're still taking the same yeah. amount of time to do the house and the food yeah, and everything, yeah. but they're creating a storyline as you mm-hmm. know, with reality TV and whatever needs to happen for that story is what's going to be shown. Mm-hmm. Jeff, you got pros and cons. I already said them. Okay. We already talked about it. I didn't hear a lot of cons, <laughs> which I'm happy. I gave two pros and two cons. Okay. I was right. so. Is it that time? It's that time. I think it's the time. So I think I need to ask Jeff and Jimmy. Did I talk you into Queer Eye? Yes. yes. Woohoo! Oh. I never thought that was coming. So neither did I, and I'm still. I I'm still very hesitant to say yes because I don't know if I ever will watch it again. Just because Jimmy said because of time, there's other things I'd rather watch yeah. or do instead of that. But you convinced me that it is a decent show to watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So here's yeah. the good thing. They're completely serialized. You do not need to yeah. know what's going on. You got some downtime. You're getting dressed for work in the morning or you got time to kill before you head out for dinner. Pop on an episode. Plus the seasons are short. There's eight episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And by the time our episode comes out, season three will have been put up on that. Yeah, I did write that down and I just March lost 15th. It. Thank you. But our episode's coming out after that. So, yeah. So if you're listening to this now, there are episodes in season three as well. Correct. Yeah. I I almost kind of wish this was on regular TV. I don't. Um, I I wouldn't mind just like popping this on TV. Like if I'm like just going through Netflix, having to put this on. I don't know. It's it takes the same amount of time as just finding the channel (laughs) or finding it on your DVR. I think I would rather find something else to watch. Uh so I don't know. Like I, I That's I, what I'm saying too. Like I'm still saying yes. I still liked it. I'm still intending on watching more of it. But I don't know. Here's here's one other scenario I'm gonna throw out to you. This is a great gym show. You throw it on your mm. phone while you're on the treadmill or the elliptical, your break room at work. It's a great phone show. Okay. You don't need to be fully invested in it. It's just a fun watch. All right. You'll get a couple giggles, you'll get a couple heart warmings. <laughs> So, Jeff, what are you talking us into for the next episode? Next week, I'm going to try to talk you guys into one of my favorite bands of all time. Oh, yeah? Touche Amore. Ooh. Ooh. I've heard of them. Yeah, it's a, they're a hardcore band based out of Los Angeles area, California. California. Yeah, and I'm going to have you guys listen to uh, their first EP, their eponymous EP, Touche Amore, uh, their first album to the beat of a dead horse, and their 
fourth and most current album, Stage Four. Ooh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, it's they're they're quick listens. Shouldn't shouldn't be too hard. But I I just want you guys to give it a listen, and uh, we'll talk about it next time. All right, Jimmy, yes. where can you find us online? You can find us talkmeinto.com at talkmeinto on Twitter, talkmeinto on Facebook, and if you feel so inclined, you can send us an email at talkmeinto at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review, and we'll read all that stuff on the podcast. Jeff, where can people find you on the internet? They can find me on Twitter at J-E-F-F-F-F-F-27. That's Jeff with five Fs, the number 27. And on Instagram at Large Hardon Collider. It's like the Large Hadron Collider, but, but a little more silly. <laughs> Uh, you can find me at Son of a Fitch, S O N N A V A F I T C H, on Twitter, Instagram, um, Letterboxd, uh, YouTube, all that fun stuff. All you the can, things. All the things. And uh, you can also listen to my other podcast that's going to be coming back soon. We should hopefully oh. be back by the time that this episode is out. It's called uh, Nobody's Hearing This. That's about video games. Dan, where can people find you? Uh, you could find me on Twitter at Danny underscore breakdown, and you could read my film reviews on letterboxd.com under the name Danny Breakdown. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into. What will we talk you into next? Beating dead horses? Oh. I saw a preview for that high maintenance show. Never heard of it. It's an HBO show. Mm. And in the preview, Obama's driving a taxi. Like the actual Barack Obama <laughs> is driving a taxi. I don't know. And I Googled it and I was like, is that really him? And they just got him to do like a cameo. I guess it's season three of a show I've never even heard of. But he's just driving a taxi hmm. in a TV show. <laughs> and we have a reality star in the White House right now. I don't know what any of that means for what you're talking yourself into. Oh, it's an album? Just details for me. Okay. Not that it matters. All right, I'm ready when y'all's is. Yeah, we're recording, so. One half second more. I'll give you 30 seconds, nothing more. All right, so um, I think we should start be talking about what we're going to... I think Jeff is going to be talking (laughs) ourselves into something next episode. That was rough. Yeah, that was very <laughs> no, rough. No, sorry about Luckily, that. Luckily, Jimmy edits this, so he'll just make himself sound probably just as bad. It'll sound like, luckily, there are. <laughs> I'm sorry. We don't have the script in front of us.